Welcome back to the I'm Thinking of Spoiling Things podcast. The podcast where we think about spoiling things and often go beyond that and do it. I am Stephen and I'm joined by Vaughn. Hello Stephen. How are you doing today? Hello Vaughn. I am doing well actually. It's a bank holiday weekend. I know what you're thinking. Why is it a bank holiday weekend? It's not usually a bank holiday weekend in the United Kingdom. That's what you're right, thinking. Vaughn. It's not usually a bank holiday weekend, but because we crowned the king, we got an extra Monday bank holiday. Well, you got so something out of it. On Monday. Yeah, but all right, here's a very brief soapbox thing. Go so, for it. teaching strikes, teaching strikes, teaching strikes have been happening in this fair nation. And a lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe that, you know, in the run up to exams, teachers on strikes. Yeah, the king can just be like, bam, lose a Monday for exams, and that's fine. You make a good point. I would also um, argue that it is a better time to do it when it is a problem. Ex- exactly, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of so, point. But I'm not saying people should be mad at the teacher strikes for using time. But I'm just like, it's weird that the people that are mad about that right. are not mad at the king. Strange that you're not complaining about the king taking different, time away from Definitely different groups of people. There. Strange. Interesting, interesting that you don't care about that. Um, yeah, and, and I presume you read that a bunch of protesters were arrested for not even protesting of the the intent yes. to protest yeah fun um, stuff what a horrible country i live in um but speaking of horrible things we've got some horrible movies <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say let's let's transition to some movies they we didn't are like <laughs> horror horrible um it's a horror it's a it's a horror triple feature yes today. another um, one we did this kind of before but this is this is yeah. a little bit less because last time we did the this the twin geeks horror show um we did kind of three movies that we all were all very excited to talk about, and this time we're going to do some recent releases, and then we'll talk about our main film. I am excited to talk about all three films. Well, I wouldn't say I'm not excited. I think you know what I meant. I'm excited to talk about all of them. I mean, first of all, you know what? Let's go back to it. Bam. Renfield, Minute Minute Podcast. We got through the production logos last time. Here we go. Minute one of Renfield. Minute two through 95 or whatever. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll do minute two through nine six. But let's be honest, minute two of Renfield, I'm going to say one of the worst minutes of Renfield. Um, I would absolutely I, agree. It's a rough start. I, mess- I messaged Vaughn. <laughs> Just, I know we joked about um, minute by minute of Renfield, but actually the opening minute of Renfield is rough. It's um, not good. You know what else is not good? Renfield. Um, so Renfield is a movie. Um, it sure is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's the Nicolas Cage Dracula movie, which you're like, oh, what a Nicolas Cage Dracula movie. Um, and yes, there is a bit of, there has been a Nicolas Cage vampire movie before. Have you seen Vampire's Kiss? No, I haven't. I really need to, though. It's it's kind Vampire's of one of those Kiss that's been good. like I... floating in my list of, of things I need to get to forever. And just I, I haven't haven't clicked play Love on it Love Vampire's yet. Kiss. It's a different Cage performance. And because I like the work of Nicolas Cage, I have a lot of time for the Cage performance in this movie. Um Totally. But it is not a Nicolas Cage Dracula movie, and I feel like we wasted the Nicolas Cage Dracula I think on so. this goddamn movie, which is yeah. a real shame. And what's unfortunate and, I don't know, maybe telling of something that's not worth digging into, but I feel like there have been several Dracula movies in production for years now, and I feel like this was the most recently announced to the fastest to release and it's disappointing because yeah. it's like there's so many other Dracula movies that I'm much more interested in. I don't even know if Karen Kusama's still making hers, but like I'm much oh, more yeah. interested and in that. the Eggers one as well. 
Um, so yeah, this is one of one of many yeah. Draculas. The spin is so Dracula's familiar Renfield. Um, now he is the main character. So it's like, what if Renfield was the main character? Um, Nicholas Holt um, plays Renfield, the person where. So we're not going to talk about a certain film today, but I get I learned this weekend that I get two actors confused because I really? kept referring to how Nicholas Holt was playing Adam Warlock. And oh. how Will Poulter was in Redfield. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, that's weird. I don't get them confused very often. I always Pre- think preppy of, British people, that's, preppy that's British fair. kids. I think of I always think of uh, Nicholas Holt as Beast, and that I think of Will Poulter's eyebrows, and that's about it. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> though I will say I like Adam. I'm proud of Warlock. Um, but that aside, um, so Nicholas Holt as Renfield is he is not bad. In fact, I would say he is fine. Yeah, I mean, um, I like him as an actor. I think he's he's always good whenever I see him on the screen. It's just not a strong character. Like, he's not bad no. performing it. It's just, I'm not interested in Renfield. <laughs> Which is interesting, because on the one side, we've got two actors that I like, so therefore I like performances. There is a third actor that I like here as well, which is Aquafina, who, who who I like and have liked a lot, who I would say is bad in this movie, or is at least I would, I, tragically I think... miscast. I kind of feel that way about the whole cast of the movie. I like everyone in this movie. Yeah. I don't think any of them are right for any of the roles that they're playing in this movie. Oh, and like Sonic is playing a mob boss, isn't he? Yeah. Is that Sonic? Um, now I'm suddenly blanking on his name. Um, uh, ben Schwartz. Um, yeah, that is Sonic, right? I know I yes. get confused about who it is that plays Sonic, <laughs> and now I don't know who plays Sonic anymore. So yes. Sonic is a mob boss, um, which is kind of against typecasting, I I, I would guess. think so. I mean, and it is a more, like, comedic movie, but he's playing his character mm. more seriously, and it just doesn't work very well. I think he, if he'd gone, like, full goofy campy with it, I probably would have enjoyed it more, but... He tries... to everything I have to say about Renfield. Yeah. If they'd have gone more goofy <laughs> oh, campy absolutely. with it, I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, it needs or to pick a direction. Or if they'd have gone more gritty right. with it... I'd have enjoyed it more. Um, let's go back to minute one of Renfield. Do you want to explain to the listener why minute one of Renfield is uh, a real, like, oh, really movie? Yeah, minute one of Renfield is... So I, assuming that most people have seen the trailers, because I feel like I saw the Renfield trailer a thousand times leading up to the movie coming out, mm-hmm. um, it, it basically the entire film is framed around this whole support group thing that they're doing. and Like Fight Club. <laughs> just like Fight Club. Um, I mean, kind of, it, but it, it wishes it had that tone of Fight Club where Fight Club oh, yeah. can get away with certain things, and this does not. Well, this doesn't I mean, feel, like, nasty and pointed and edgy. And Yeah, and Fight Club takes it much more seriously, um, and yeah, I think it it's, it's much more sympathetic to the people in those the, the support group, and yeah. this movie just plays the whole thing off as a joke, um, where it's talking yeah. about very serious things, and it's using... The, the, the other characters all in the support group are in actual serious you know toxic relationships and it tries to make this equivalency With to domestic abuse right um, as, as, as a plot exactly. point from the beginning and it makes this equivalency to renfield and dracula and it's like i get the idea there but it just feels super distasteful and i that think it's being, incredibly tasteless that being the the framing frame of reference for like the whole film basically is just like it just doesn't work at all like it, again if it played it super comedically and went full campy with it probably could work but because it takes it seriously enough that it's just like it just doesn't work at all it's 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 playing this comedic stuff against the reality of what actual people are dealing with i think i'm just so burnt out and kind of offended about the go-to support groups are a good comedic premise that you see in so many movies and so many tv shows of let's have a character together of this just way that 
problems of addiction, problems of relationships, problems with all kinds of things that leads to support groups that are always treated as this is a comedic setup where we it's just it's reductive and it's annoying and the film does very little with it. Um, I think what and go ahead, go ahead. Because I feel that the idea that Renfield Drax's relationship is codependent, you can make a movie about that, and that yeah. that that is true, and that that is observed. Um, but then to equivalence that with, and here are a literal, yeah. actual, realist codependent relationships. That's not saying allegorically you can view this as this. That is doing the wrong thing completely. There's right. a big difference between you can read this as that, and his way of looking at it, and then there is diminishing the actual suffering and, and pain of others i think this like again like i don't think the idea is necessarily terrible but i think this is like no. renfield in therapy makes makes way more more sense because you can approach yes. the same ideas without putting a bunch of people that are presumably actually in that situation and comparing it to that situation like it, it would just remove it and make it you could do a lot more with that and i think like what ended up frustrating me even more is it kind of tries to turn it where that Again, like, that first minute feels super distasteful. And then it's, like, Renfield's idea is, like, oh, well, I'm just going to go after the abusers. And it's, like, okay, well, that's not the worst idea ever. But then it drops no. that in, like, five minutes. And it is the, it's immediately the <laughs> out the window. And it's, like, oh, okay, now we're just going to go with this corrupt mob police thing. And it's just, the the whole narrative is just, like, so nothing. Yeah, it it is a complete nothing of a film. And it's just a lot of really crappy splatter gore that also feels like from a different film yeah the, i don't know who this is for i don't know who this is no for idea. either the the action is is not good i think there's no there's some decent like design and choreography to it but like the cgi splatter blood stuff just looks so bad it totally takes me out of any fun i think i could have with it it's just I think it's, it's yeah it's just a, a vehicle to sell copies of the video game Renfield Bring Your Own Blood, I think. Right, so let's um, let's hear about the Renfield video game, which I don't yeah, really know I've anything Renfield, about. I've played the Renfield video game. Um, the Renfield video game is, quite amusingly, it's a vampire survivor's clone, um, which is a funny thing for it to be. Um, those who are not chads like me won't know what <laughs> Vampire Survivors is. Um, vampire Survivors is a game that uses assets from castlevania um, <laughs> like a rom hack basically but no you, you you are a character that just attacks 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 automatically and you move them around and that's all that you do is it kind of like a twin stick thing enemies. or no because it's single stick all you do is move oh you, all you just, do is move okay. and you attack autom- it's a single stick shooter you attack gotcha. automatically and you you upgrade weapons and equip what weapons you want okay. from things as you level up until you become a spinning whirling ball of death that sounds um, fun that it's really, really you you should play vampire survivors is absolutely incredible um so turning vampire survivors into a renfield game is, is quite smart it's a it, they missed the trick for me of it feels they make a bunch of decisions to make it not vampire survivors and all of them make you realize that oh that's why that works right. in that game that's like that's why <laughs> like they don't do want to feel like too much of a um, rip off but then it's like now it's not yeah. a game that is fun anymore <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, that. here are the seven points that diverge it, and here are the seven reasons why it's not as good <laughs> as that other game. It just... I'm not going to... I'll actually give it a proper review on Office Hours um, next month, so listen to that, and I'll talk about it properly. But I think the thing they've missed out here is what they should have done is they should have just gone to the Vampire Survivors people and said, make us a DLC, yeah, make us a Renfield-themed expansion. Yeah, that seems like licensing it like that would be the easy way to go, and you've already got a player base playing Vampire Survivors... Yeah. 
which would actually funnel the people back into Renfield. Right, that to, makes much more sense. the Renfield game? Apart from me, I had some I had some money in my Steam wallet, and it was a fiver. So I was just like, right. yeah, I sold some cards apparently. So this is now two yeah, because as it is, it's like this this movie has just been, as far as I know, like a total flop. So it's like I don't yeah. think anyone, no one was seeing it already. So it's like maybe if you had a few people that were playing the game, would be like, ah, sure, I'll go check out the movie. But nope, the only not. cool thing. Only really cool thing, and this is really really cool about the Renfield video game, um, is that you, the first level is in a specific graveyard, a specific real world graveyard, and you you travel through stages, unlike Vampire Survivors, another reason why it's worse than Vampire Survivors. Mm, um, so you travel through stages, and there's a boss stage at the end because this is a completable level, unlike Vampire Survivors, another reason why it's worse than Vampire Survivors, um, and. That boss stage at the end, there is a big pyramid tomb in the centre of it. That's because this cemetery is the real world cemetery where Nicolas Cage owns that pyramid oh, tomb. That's, so okay. that's fun. <laughs> that's that's that really fun. fun. I like that. Oh, uh, man. that. That is a good gag. That's a good thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have. To, I really don't have too much else to to say about Renfield, and I wish I had more to say. But it really did just feel like it's it's ninety minutes. It's just kind of. It really is just kind of nothing. It's, it just kind of goes by, and like it's already good. leaving my brain as we speak, and I'm just like, yeah. It's not as good as a mediocre vampire survivors clone. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, and it's to return to our our previous, not previous episode. I guess that was two episodes ago now, but I feel like somehow on a much smaller scale this became again like a the the movie going audience being like everyone should see renfield because it's fun <laughs> the critics are all hating on this one i'm just like is it fun like i don't I know if i can renfield even... is this year's morbius for me is a morbius but there's nobody um, like making fun of renfield in the same way as as, as morbius became like a joke that sony thought was yeah. actually people were into it and nobody was but I, I just I, I don't know where the fun really is in this movie because I'm gonna make a meme for you now. Here's a okay, meme, and I want the, the, the listeners to make that because I don't know if you remember this, but Nicholas Holt is in the movie Mad Max Fury Road. Sure is. So, and there's a point in Mad Max Fury Road that I just thought of um, because every time I say a certain a certain word, I think of how it's said in Mad Max Fury Road. So I want someone okay. to just like make a scissor reel of clips from right. Renfield with Nicholas Holt and then just cut to Morton Jones going, mediocre! Okay, yeah, there you and go. That, I think about it. that all the time. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I, I just remembered. I've got... Oh, there he is. Nicholas Holt's on my wall right there on my Mad Max poster. There you go. Your Renfield poster. <laughs> my Renfield oh. poster. Um, so Renfield is a movie that I was not excited for, but I thought it was funny to be excited. I was... The only reason I was pumped to watch it was so I could play the Renfield video game because I was so amused that there was a spin-off video game yeah. of goddamn Renfield. Um, so now I've done both those things. A movie I was genuinely excited for because I saw trailers and was like, this looks, this looks bad in a two thumbs up, I'm going to have a fun time this movie, <laughs> is a movie called The Pope's Exorcist. Now, I want to allay okay. my initial disappointment. Go for it. The title is ambiguous. I thought this might have been a film about exercising the Pope. Oh, well, nope. Unfortunately, it is not. <laughs> so there are three ways you can read the title. One, that it is a apostrophe of omission, not possession, and that it's Pope is Exorcist. That would be great. I would watch Pope is Exorcist. <laughs> that seems like the least likely option. <laughs> Well, that would be great. Pope's exorcist. Like, yeah, Pope is exorcist. Um, the other, that we are exorcising the Pope. Or that this is an exorcist that is the Pope's chief exorcist. And yes, there's a, a tale of 
Favramore, who is a real yeah. life. The fact exist. that it was real was like the most surprising thing. At the, I mean, quote unquote real because it's a guy that well, no, claims Will, he, William uh, Peter William Peter Blatty um, and no Friedkin. No Friedkin made a documentary about this guy. Oh really? Okay, interesting. Mm. That, I mean, um, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I was I was I didn't do a whole lot of research, but I just briefly looked him up out of curiosity. I think he claims that he did performed like one hundred and sixty thousand exorcisms or something like that, which is. Yeah, a wild I, I, I also claim that, but myself, why not? You know? <laughs> we can yeah. claim anything yeah. we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can claim. All right, Father Amort. Um, the Pope's Exorcist, which, as we'll continue our trend of getting to a better movie every time. Okay, um, there you go. So we are going on an upward ascent here. Better than Renfield, put that on the poster. Pope's Exorcist. Um, <laughs> what if they, that would be a wild thing to put on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, so complicated. <laughs> Fuck you, Renfield. Renfield. <laughs> yeah, put that on the <laughs> I'm the Pope's exorcist. Um, I want to get out my big positive of this film out of the way first. Um, I think Russell Crowe is great in this movie. I really, really enjoy Absolutely. what he is doing in this film. The unfortunate That's the most unfortunate thing about the movie is that Russell Crowe is in the movie that I want to be watching and nothing yeah. else around him is that movie. But he Russell Crowe is, Crow is having a great time. He's like, I'm the Pope's exorcist. And it's like, this is pseudo-offensive, but it's really ridiculous. And he's... I listened to a podcast about this today. Um... The Flophouse covered it, and they made a great joke where it's just like, it's almost like a late period Orson Welles performance of it's just, <laughs> just like out there and weird. Overacting in the corner in a way that's like, this is weirdly compelling, and like, you're it actually bringing, bringing some soul to this character. I like that he talks about jokes being like the devil, he doesn't like jokes. Um, I like that he, he has his little scooter. <laughs> The scooter's like so great. He has like a Ferrari <laughs> the scooter. So great. There are some funny needle drops. So the first needle drop, I forget the song oh my was. God. The, the needle drop is like so heads, weird. It's like heads will turn. I'm like, ah, I like the exorcist. I see if you did that. Yeah, heads will turn. I that get is, it. oddly enough, like it has kind of the same problem that Renfield does in that I feel like that my biggest problem with the Pope's exorcist is that it is just like this totally like atonal mess where like it doesn't know which mm. way to go at all. Like it's, I kind of want it, again, to be the movie that Russell Crowe is in, which is just, like, kind of having fun with the whole thing and being like, really silly. But the rest of the movie is taking itself so seriously. But then you've got, like, these really, like, upbeat 80s needle drops. And I'm like, what What? what am I watching? Like, I never know which direction I'm supposed to be going in. The movie that Russell Crowe is in is, like, a sliver away from, like, a light Bill Forsyth comedy and, like, the like the Gregory's Girl local hero style of being like, I'm going from town to town, doing a little exit. I'm like, yeah, I'd like I'd like a kind of, like, slightly Wes Anderson-esque kind of, like, mumblecore comedy about kind of just the, 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 the Pope's exorcist exercising. Yeah, I, I mean, like... I like the buddy cop thing. The buddy cop thing is fun. Oh, yeah, it is fun. And, like, the opening scene where he, like, goads Satan into, into possessing a pig... <laughs> I'm like, though, what? <laughs> though also that wasn't real, so they just he just killed a pig for theatre. He just theatrically killed a pig. Yeah, that was that was that's true, because he's just like, Yeah, I just kinda do those for fun or whatever. I'm like, what is happening? He's like, it it's believe in my um, there is a trend here. So this was true in oh god, what's that movie called that wasn't very good that came out last year that was a vampire movie? Oh vampire movie that came out last year? Yeah. It was Ooh. a I have no idea. I can go... A, Dra- a, Dr- a Dracula-style film that just wasn't very good. I can certainly try to um, find my uh, my list from last year. I, I mean, it's also possible that... Oh, um, is that The Invitation? 
that's it, not the good invitation. Yes, um, which is a great not movie. Karen Kusama's um, invitation, who is now working or yes, maybe working not on a Kusama's movie. Dream. Yeah, God, that's getting so so amazing. So the invitation was like this. Um, Mortal Kombat, the most recent one, was like this, and I think there are other ones as well. And I do understand why it's the case, and I'll explain why it's the case okay. earlier, later, and I'm sure you will give me the answer as well. But what is the deal with these goddamn? boring pedestrian movies in the last five minutes setting up a film I'm like yeah I'd watch that movie that movie right. seems fun they set up a, like a non-existent sequel that I'm like why are you right and I, I guess Mortal Kombat probably will get a sequel and probably is getting a sequel but yeah yeah that was the weirdest thing and I'm like there's no way that there's going to be another one of these but you're setting up a but movie that I would rather be watching really fun <laughs> like, like let's just hop hop the world and do like a hundred exorcisms right that's the weird thing it's like it sets up the sequel in like this and I mean it's pre-credits but it feels like what would be a post-credit scene and then it, mm. it cuts to the beginning of the credits where it goes and then he died and I go okay well, I guess it's over now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like okay why'd you set this up like I'm gonna get more yeah which and here is why, here are my two reasons why they do this. One, it's much easier to actually pitch and get produced the conventional generic film, because of obviously right. it is. And with the Mortal Kombat example, you then guarantee viewership for two things. So if you do the film that no one really wants, and it's not very good because of budget stuff, you go, I'm going to tease right. another film, and we'll trick them into seeing the second one. You take one. the I'm tournament like, yeah, movie and have. set the whole movie setting up the tournament and not doing it. Yeah. Because I will go. See, I did not like Mortal Kombat 1 at all. Right. I will go see Mortal Kombat <laughs> 2. And I'm like, you got me that way. <laughs> How dare you? So that is a tactic of you set up yeah. the movie people want to watch. Um, so yeah, The Pope's Exorcist. But there can't be... Russell Crowe's really fun. There really can't be any expectation that there's going to be another one of these. Like, it's just such a weird I ending I hope to it's me. a TV series. If it's a TV series, we're going to watch it. I mean, I'll say that I will because I probably won't. But... Um... It does, it, it does feel like just a non-thing. I'm like, why are you setting this up? I, I doubt that there's any way that it'll get a sequel or any kind of closure. Like, is it just like a, I don't know how to end this movie, so let's just kind of end it on like a dramatic thing, it's, rather like an open-ended really thing, fun. rather than just having any kind of actual closure because we don't know how to write that into it? Is it just like a it's non- It's really fun for me. To have a possession movie that doesn't end with we're questioning the nature of faith and reality that's just like, and we nailed it! Right. Let's go do some more! So <laughs> and we're expanding like, the church. <laughs> I do like the vibe there. Um, my So, let's get the, the obvious Christmas out of the way. Is It's it's a dull, bland exorcism oh, yeah. movie. Um, it's everything you've ever seen. Everything that happens in this movie you've seen in every movie. Um, it is just kind of a nothing. It's also weirdly faith-based propaganda. It's very religious. Very much. And that, that was like the weirdest thing to me is that like a third of the way through the movie, there's a whole scene where the Catholic church is like worried that they're going to become irrelevant. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, so so this... they get Russell Crowe to boobity boopity boop right, his like way The through. Catholic church is worried about their image. <laughs> Like they've got some young cardinal who's like i'm a young right. cool cardinal we don't want exorcists anymore i'm like we don't but also <laughs> that's going on that whole thing is pretty much irrelevant because he's just like i'm just gonna do it anyway and then at the end he's yeah. just proven like you said it is propaganda because he's proven right and all of those guys are then like yeah we're gonna follow the pope's exorcist <laughs> it's, it's oh so there is there is nothing in this movie you've not seen before it oh, is definitely. literally just lifts things from the exorcist of just writing on things heads going round, vomiting up um i do kind of like the demon voice the only bit i enjoyed and i'm gonna about to use some rude words so i apologize 
when the possessed kid was just talking about fucking a priest for a while, that was kind of <laughs> it's funny so to out me. Of nowhere. <laughs> just, and it's not even really dealt with. Like, well, like, like, I've not heard of this said before. And he's no. like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you, priest. I'm like, okay, that's new. <laughs> Yeah, it's something Every different. Then, there, was a sl- there was a slightly new thing. I was like, hmm, like shooting a pig. I didn't like the pig being shot, but I was like, what's well, different? That's yeah, fine. that's true. Um, but yeah, it is definitely, I mean, we, we talk about like tropes are tropes because they work, but this is like, there is nothing but tropes in this. It's like every single, also, like, every single beat, tropes, you're like, they're just beats from okay, a different right. movie. It's just, it's just totally plotted out by things that you've seen before and it never takes a turn really. And you're just like, okay, okay. So, in a trend, I can find a thing in each movie today that I think makes it deeply objectionable, and I forgive them more each time. The one in Evil Dead Rise is a very, very forgivable thing, but if you look into it, you're like, oh, actually, that's implying a thing that's bad. So ask for that later, and I'll, I'll talk about that. <laughs> Get ready that. for that, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in Renfield, it's the codependency yeah. stuff. Here, there is a really rough bit, and I'm like, oh, um, but the movie's ridiculous, so I don't really care. Um, but the Spanish Inquisition is a horrible period in history, and the sins of the Spanish Inquisition fall entirely upon the church. This movie decides, no, actually, no. It revises that and says, actually, the Spanish Inquisition was the work of the devil, and the church is innocent. There is a plot point oh in this God, movie. Totally they right. say the entire work of the Spanish Inquisition was possession by the devil, and actually was the church. So I'm like, that's evil movie. That's yeah, literal. Which I guess totally feeds more into your, uh, <laughs> your propaganda thing, because it very much is, yeah. Oh, man. I, I was astonished. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. What a horror. It's a horrible period in history that reflects right. so poorly on the church and faith uses the weapon. They're like, actually, it turns out the devil did that. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, what a weird dismissal, completely. but it's also like, I totally agree. Like, it's also like not really worth almost being oh. mad about because the movie is just no. like so empty. And like, even that plot point is so just like quickly like brought up and dismissed that you're just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know? Like, that's in the brief Tomb Raider section where they go into a right. crypt and they, and they, there's fleshy hundred-year-old skeletons and they find keys inside of them. The f- it's a classic... There's a classic Spoiling Things film now where when we describe it, it sounds fun as hell. Right. <laughs> Listen to us describing it. Hopefully that's fun. The movie is not fun. The movie is bad. No, yeah, I did not to have any fun watching it really except for the, the except for the moments when he's on his in his little moped. That's Those are uh, fun. When he's, when he's scooting and <laughs> saying he doesn't want a latte because what is he possessed? Um, and when he's saying that sugar is of the devil, that's right. <laughs> oh, love. Yeah, but everything else, you, I guarantee you, you have seen it before in every other better movie that you have seen. <laughs> so it is not See, worth your time. You don't have these in the US, and you, I don't know if you've watched these, but there is like a, I think cozy mysteries are somewhat popular in the US, but there is a kind of like ITV TV staple of what if Blah was a detective and they just went around town solving mysteries? So you've got Poirot at the top, mm. um, but then you've got like things like Inspector Lindley, you've got Rosemary in Time, you've got Jonathan Creek. So Jonathan Creek is, what if a magician was a detective? Then you've got if you're trying, like, what if Gardner's were a detective? Inspector wow. Lindley, I think, is, what if someone in the war was a detective? You guys and love your mysteries. These are all pseudo private detective shows where it's like, I do this job, but really I solve crimes as they right. happen. I want that cozy vibe of I go around town to town and I do an exorcism right. here and I do an exorcism there and also I learn a bit about the flavor of the town and I eat your local delicacies. That's what I want. That's right, and that's the sequel that that doesn't exist. But it is it is weird that it's like they set this up as like because it is 
an exorcism movie, it's a possession movie, but then they try to turn it into a mystery, and it's not a mystery at all, really. Like, he's possessed. A mystery where they tell you the entire mystery five minutes later. Right. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we gotta get to the bottom of this, and then they go to the bottom of the house, and they're like, oh, the construction freed the devil. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. That's really funny. You know, <laughs> Again, to describe it, very, very funny. Like, turns out, one, the devil was responsible for special position. Two, we did some construction work on this church. So I, I guess, I guess... Reforming the church aesthetically is a bad idea. Yeah, I guess and that so. freed the devil. You know, the the real tragic thing about this is that you can't, you shouldn't be allowed to set up a movie like it's Castle Freak, where a family moves to true, a, a new castle true. that they own that's in their family, and then not make Castle Freak. I mean, have you seen the Castle Freak remake? Is there a Castle Freak remake? Yeah, it that's came out two years ago. Amazing. I need to. I need why to, haven't we? Why haven't we watched that? I guess we need to watch that. Uh, we should get Vaughn involved and do a, a Stax um, commentary oh of God, the Castle Freak. 2020, that's so recent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, it's on, I was it's hoping on it was going to be an Aliens-style sequel and be Castle Freaks, and I was like, this time there's more. And I'm like, yeah, more Giorgios. <laughs> that Just would be great. Stack, stack um, my Giorgios. I am curious, have you seen, because um, I was looking at I didn't really notice even who had directed this until after I watched it, but... Um, Julian Avery, is that his name? Uh, Julius Avery. Are, are you familiar ah, with the, with his his films at all? Have you seen Overlord? Not by name. No, I actually didn't see Overlord because... And I'm sure it's... I, I saw a trailer for it, and I was just like, I don't know if Nazis also need to be like... Is it zombies or yeah, vampires zombies. or whatever? I'm like, I just... I, I think Nazis are fine being Nazis. Which is totally fair. And I, to be fair, I haven't seen it since it came out in 2018. But I remember quite liking Overlord. Like, it's at least, like, it's doing something. Like, it's got ideas. And it's very, okay. like, pulpy and gory and fun. Um, it's not great, but, like, it has that, that silliness that I enjoyed. So it's like, I can... I would hope that there could be more like that from uh avery but this is like there's nothing really here there's not any like interesting gore even or effects or anything like that it's just kind of again like the most formulaic yeah. possession exorcism yeah, movie you could imagine like the the demon makes them confront their sins but not the really writing also is, is, is so air eh, because their sins are just like I could have been a better soldier, but not really, because I'm still a great guy. Or, Your yeah, I have a sordid past, but not really, because <laughs> like, I'm still a great guy. I'm like, let them be bad. <laughs> and there's never really, like, a moment that actually feels like it confronts the characters. Like, he keep the, the devil keeps showing him, like, visions of his, his dead wife. And... The devil, which can, like, Kamehameha a priest out of a film was like, wrong priest! Then it's just like, hello, let's do wordplay. I'm like, what can you do, the devil? Can you which... can you just, like, defenestrate priests or not? <laughs> but it's like, and again, it's every every criticism that I'm having, I feel, I'm realizing is, like, feeding into your faith propaganda thing, because I'm like, every time that he sees his dead wife, he's like, no, I know this is just the devil trying to trick me, and he doesn't fall for it, and he wills, he wills the vision away, and he gets back to the exorcism. <laughs> It's it's it is a yeah I I've I've not seen a an exorcism film that feels like faith based propaganda before which is great yeah it's, it's like weird. the exorcist was so controversial like the, the church yeah. hate the exorcist even though it is actually quite a contemplative and really interesting film about faith and it, it and some people see it as quite a religious movie but that's like a subtext religious not just where right. where the superheroes <laughs> of the church you know what I think is what I thought what I thought was like the most interesting and like 
just totally unnecessary thing is when it turns it into like a buddy cop thing at the very end of the movie yeah. and they're like and I'm like, but why this guy? He's like, we gotta have more than one priest to do this. And I'm like, but why him? Couldn't it just yeah, be anyone? He's, not, he's just some random he's dude right. that you met. Right. <laughs> he's not very good at it. It could be anybody. Yeah, also, why does it only need to be two of you? Couldn't there be a whole team? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, can't we fratricize us out? No, right. the young guy's like, no, let fewer exorcisms. Okay, fine. What This one, the Pope's guy. Um, some of the writing as well. So there's a bit where they just repeat prayers to defeat the demon yeah. and it doesn't work and then obviously later at the end it works because those prayers are better and there's a point where it just seems like they just couldn't be asked to bing it because there's like we should say a prayer do you know the exorcism rites and the writer was like oh crap should i look up the exorcism rites yeah no and it just goes i know a hail mary is like yeah what one what's the one prayer that i know <laughs> right. that i could write because i can't be asked to actually look up the actual thing it's just yeah, this is the chat is... gpt make me an exorcist movie and then, absolutely yeah and then russell crowe improvised a bunch on on set and had a fun time yeah yeah come for russell crowe but not for anything else actually don't i mean yeah. really don't watch this at all I, it's really not worth it i don't think anyone would really get anything out of it russell crowe's really good in it He's he really is really good. russell crowe's having a lot of fun um yeah but that's about I, I feel like we spent more screen. time on the pope's exorcist than i expected to but those are those are all of the because some of it is good because some of it is good um, <laughs> some of it very it's little a... but some of it more than Renfield yeah. for sure yeah but, oh god Ren, Renfield just sucks um, but before we get into more horror even at rise yes we've got a very What's we've it? got the most hotly anticipated moment on this podcast yeah I have been messaged by several people everyone has been be waiting like, for have this you, have you seen this and, and it's I've finally said, no, here. Stephen, this is the most exciting, I think, segment we've had yet. It's time to gear up for Gran Turismo right now. Because yes, today, we're gonna gear up. we've got the first official trailer. <laughs> and we we're going to watch it right now, live on the yeah, podcast. Neither of us have seen this yet. <laughs> very, very exciting. I, I am um, excited for this. What are you expecting from the trailer? I don't know what to expect. I'm, I'm hoping... I'm expecting a shot... Where a drone style camera is up in the sky oh, and it gets it down right beneath the car into the car, and you see the the back number plate, and then into the car, and then first person view of driving. I, I think we're gonna go from third person. That's bam, I think out I think you to, might be giving Gran Turismo more credit than it deserves. That's my my <laughs> anticipation is, is that it's not gonna be that inventive. <laughs> this is a prestige. This is one of the prestige Sony products. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm going to continue to... It's weird because I'm excited just because I'm enjoying doing this segment and it's a fun thing we're doing, but I also, like, am not excited for the movie and I have yeah, not liked playing I'm the game. I'm trying to prepare myself for <laughs> this film's not going to be... I'm going to watch it and go, well, that was boring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and not the fun boring, like, Gran Turismo. <laughs> <laughs> I think, see, I think that's what the trailer is going to lose me on because the trailer is going to be high-octane, it's going to be intense... And it's not going to. It's not. It's going like to be selling Japanese an experience. Jazz. It's going to be. An, it's going to be selling an experience that I have not gotten playing the games. Yeah, I want. I want someone to refer to a license test at some point of being they like, I've got a won't. license test, and then just spin a car round and take it to the car wash. That's what I want. So, all well, right, all right. We've both got the I'm, the trailer pulled up. I'm, if you want to count yeah, us down, let me let me go to you. You dot tube. Oh, a two minute trailer. 
if anyone, I guess, wants to watch with us, we're watching the, uh, the yeah. Gran Turismo trailer on the official Sony, Sony Pictures, Pictures Entertainment, Entertainment Entertainment. And this is the official trailer in HD. All right, count Can us I in, 4K Steven. this? Uh, it doesn't no, look like can't. HD from this guy's face. It doesn't look good, I agree. <laughs> okay. David Harbour, you don't look HD. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Gran Turismo. Oh, crap. It, it didn't play. It didn't play. Go back to the beginning. <laughs> We've got to get the, the, the preview for the trailer before the trailer. Three, two, one, play. If you miss a line in the game, you reset. Right. You miss what? Track, <laughs> <you die laughs> what? Who do you think the best driver is? Oh my... I would dust him in a lap. Wow, we did not think I would see footage, footage of playing Gran Turismo. Some crazy dreams of racing cars. Oh god. Disappointed dad, Jaiman Hansu. <laughs> this soundtrack is going so hard, and the footage is not going very hard at all. <laughs> he works in the train yard? What is this? Contest. So much footage of menus. You know, we I, we joked that there would not be menus in this film, but there's a lot of menus. There's no way this was this glamorous in real life. This is real. I'm sorry. You really think you're gonna take a kid who plays video games in their bedroom? You're gonna yeah. strap him to a 200 mile an hour rocket? It'll tear him to pieces. He's saying that like nobody's ever driven a car before. Like, yeah. It turns out a very realistic car simulation video game is like driving a car. Right. <laughs> I can go to Vegas and drive a 200 mile an hour car right now if I wanted to. It's not that crazy. Could you? I think you could. Sure. Why are there rubbing machines? What was that for? You gotta be strong to drive a car, Stephen. <laughs> I wasn't expecting vomit. <laughs> oh, it's a Sony themed car. It's got a PlayStation logo on it. Yeah. That is true. You don't get that when you play Gran Turismo. Hey, you suck. Wait, nerd, take that. It's so weird to see Neil Blomkamp's name. They didn't do that. Why does he need to run on a treadmill? I don't. Welcome to Nissan. Yeah, boy. The other driver. Motul, Motul, Motul. It's like even Drago there. Love that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. This um, oh, there's a there's a love bit. That that line was already in the. That was in the pre-trailer. Oh. Grant's rhythm. Eminem song. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. That was cool. Vaughn, this movie looks dope. Well, we didn't get your your cool camera shot. Oh, and then it's got a PS5 fun. ad at the end. That is fun. That is cool. Not definitely not a terrible trailer, I will say. Hey. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's got me more or less excited. Um, I'm get up. That is. It looks. I, I mean, like, I guess ultimately it looks about exactly what I would expect it to be, which is, you know, every like racing sports movie, just kind of. The amount of footage of people playing Gran Turismo surprised me. <laughs> I agree. That's more than I expected. I, th I thought that would be kind of a, a brief thing at the beginning before they got into the real racing. But So, this is the weekly segment where I punch up a part of Gran Turismo. So, okay. last, last, last time I punched up with my idea of four versions of the film. Now, 
now that I've seen the movie, I haven't seen the movie, I've seen the trailer, there's that bit when it's like, you mess up in, in a game, you can just retry. You mess up in a, in a race, blah, 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 you, you die. die. <laughs> now, here's what I think should happen. He takes a corner battle and it's like, hey, what is this? Forza? You can't just rewind. <laughs> this is Gran Turismo. Because they definitely Forza, won't do that. In Forza, <laughs> shit all you, can, over Forza. you can rewind. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, what is this? But that's true. Kids? Like, I mean, you is can, this a baby game like Forza? You can no. retry the race, but in Gran Turismo, like that was, I mean, one of the things that was annoying is like, if you're three laps in and you take a turn wrong, you just have to do the whole race over. Like, there's no, you can't just, there's no checkpoints. You just have to do the whole thing again. Remember when I first played um, Burnout Paradise? It come like second. It was like you lost. I'm like, well, I didn't lose, but okay, I guess I did the race again. In the other racing games, it's uh, it's less of an accomplishment. In Gran Turismo, you get second, and it's like the best thing you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've not, I've yet to come second. Oh yeah. <laughs> one day, one day, one day when I get my license yeah. and my fun Ford Fiesta as I drive around. Um, I think. I mean, there's there's the a cars way. were too fast. Oh, definitely. That's see. That was my other thing that I knew that this movie was going to disappoint on. It's like <laughs> playing Gran Turismo has been driving the slowest cars ever. Like basically, like you said, taking your car off the street and driving it around the Nurburgring. I think I, a thing I used to do on Gran Turismo is we used to load up Silverstone and just find the straight and just find very cheap car, find one cheap car and one very fast car, and then just smash them into each other. Oh, that's great. Um, to see realistic um, damage, by <laughs> And then once you'd smash them into each other, then we raced each other. Oh, nice. But yeah, all those cars are they're going way too fast. Okay, well, 200 yeah, miles an this? hour? What that's not it. No one's ever no. gone 200 miles an hour in Gran Turismo. No, no, your car explodes. <laughs> it's got tire wear and stuff. No, it... I'm gonna say it, Neil Blomkamp. You're making a Forza movie, all right? I would rather see Neil Blomkamp make a Forza movie. That would be much more interesting, I think. Why? I don't know. I feel like it could be more fun. I guess maybe it's just because of the framing of this being like a real story. I think kind of grounds it in in just a way that keeps you from having being able to have too much fun with it. Like if it was just make a movie out of Gran Turismo then yeah. even though the game is you know not particularly exciting i think there's more freedom there to just have fun with it and i think that makes more sense for someone like neil blomkamp rather than making basically a biopic about some guy yeah i think the issue is it's going to be fine and that's the problem yeah. of it looks like it'll be fine um and i feel when they announced that they were making a gran turismo movie and a tetris movie i was like oh, that's gonna be wild and then you hit they are and they're like oh, okay fair enough yeah they're just they're not they're not interesting or exciting, and I feel like, even though I do not really like Neil Blomkamp, and I haven't really liked any of his movies since yes, District do. Nine, I you love Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Um, yeah, you love you listen to a podcast with him. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> I feel like I always, I always uh, there's something I've always appreciated at least about him, and it's like he's always swinging for something, you know, like he's always way too ambitious and it fails him and his movies end up being just kind he of nothing but i'm gamer, like though what's that he's a legit gamer you know i mean yeah <laughs> for better he's... and for worse um he made that anthem short that's film. true um but yeah like his his last movie demonic which is not good um but at least like there's some interesting stuff and he was trying some new like technology for the visualization of it and the creation of like the um the effects in it and 
again, like, I don't like Chappie. It's not very good, but he's he's it. he's always trying something, and I feel like this is just going to be probably the most fine nothing three stars, and it's just going to kind of leave my mind again. Like, like that's what he needs in maybe. terms of, like, that's what he thinks he needs of, I need to just make a solid, it's fine movie. Yeah, um, probably. So I mean, my career can get a bit back on track so I can actually do stuff again, because he is... Totally, which I, I mean, I totally understand that. Like, director's got to work and, and get paid, and he probably can't get whatever project he really wants to work on funded. I think and... sometimes you need to show though that you can make that you can yeah, just make a exactly film, that you can make a dependable. This will get an audience film, and people go, "Oh, that you're a safe pair of hands." Yeah. At the moment, people do not think that Neil Blomkamp is a safe pair of hands. Yeah, I think that's that's almost certainly it. And so, if this allows him to make whatever he wants to make, even if I like it or don't, I that's you know I'm all for it. I'm just hoping when I see it, I can make comparisons to either Crash or to Tan. I, I doubt it, but, you know, I, hope it goes I wish weird. you the best of luck. I hope it goes <laughs> Maybe weird. he falls in love with his car, I guess. I hope, it's, I hope he's hiding the real weirdness this film, and that Gran Turismo is a, a little bit a little bit, a little bit, of a freak. Yeah, you think this trailer really had to cut around all the rest of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like, this is like the Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer. of, um, of uh, That's going too. right over my head. Oh god! All the listeners like what? all the you listeners. Ever, you think so? You, you ever played Metal Gear Solid Two? No. You ever played Metal Gear Solid One? I have not played a Metal Gear Solid. You ever played Metal Gear Solid Three? I just said I haven't played one. You ever played Metal Gear Solid Four? <laughs> I haven't so played fine. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance either. <gasps> that game rules. Um, have you? So Metal Gear Solid One, you play as whom? S- S- Snake. Yeah, Solid Snake. Right. Um, Mega Solid Two, you play as. Big Boss? Is that the two characters? No, that's three. Oh, wow, three. This... <laughs> you think... so I've never played in, them. In... I have a very so, cursory oh, level they're, of they're incredible games. They're incredible games. Um, so in the trailer for MGS2, um, it showed loads of really cool, your solid snake in this PS2 iteration, really, and then the, the, then, then the um, s- sorry guys, spoilers for Metal Gear Solid 2 oh, no. are bound about to happen, which is actually an incredible video game. I believe, um, I believe that. Really really interesting ending about the internet and about memes before memes were a thing mm. Kojima's speech about memes of like replicated information and how the information will be used to control governments um, and there's, there's some stuff now you're like you're just throwing stuff out but a lot of this hit um, some pretty good stuff at the end of that game um, so a demo was released the tanker demo where you play as Solid Snake and it shows the things you can shoot bottles and I was like man you can do so much cool stuff in the stealth game this is great um, that's the only mission in the game where you play a solid snake for the entire oh, wow. rest of the game you play as a different brand new character who is like a joke at the fan base's expense so Raiden who is just like oh it's Raiden okay. I don't want to use the, f- the the word weeb but he is made to like like weird like anime <laughs> kid that's I a mean, big from what I know about Hideo Kojima that sounds very on brand <laughs> Like, you play as a person who is a personification of a fanboy of Metal Gear Solid. Of He's just like, I want to be like Solid Snake. And the joke, That's fantastic. The, it's, and the trailers literally replace character models <laughs> to make it so... so oh, oh, God. Metal Gear Solid 2 is, is awesome. Of, and there is a twist at the end of what's really happening in that game. You're like, oh, that's very... So the reason you're playing is Raiden is absolutely incredible. And when you meet Solid Snake, he refers to himself as Snake Pliskin for the entire game, which is great. You'll enjoy that. That is amazing. I do love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, and, yeah. Um, because Raiden makes the point that he's... 
he's played VR missions and therefore is ready. So the whole point is that you are the fan of Metal Gear Solid 1 that has played all that stuff and are ready for it. Oh, and there's a, a later of it. Oh, you know what, Vaughn? Don't play Metal Gear Solid 2 because you haven't got enough time, but it's incredible. No, I certainly don't. Read, read just the plot of that game and okay. you'll be like, man, wild. <laughs> well, it's what I- so good. <laughs> What seems maybe more worthwhile is what I know some people do is just watch all of the cutscenes of the Metal Gear games. Yeah. Especially 4, yeah, which I, mean, I know it's... is just like a four-hour movie of cutscenes. <laughs> I, I love Metal Gear Solid 4. I love it. They seem like games I would like, and I just definitely do not yeah. have time for them. Yeah. But yeah. Kojima seems like a person that I would like a lot, so... Yeah, he's he's fun. I like that he's he's pals with Matt Mikkelsen. They're just, they're just pals. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I think that is our gear up for gran turismo segment for this week so then Mm. let's move back into our into our horror speak our horror talk three horror horror triple bill whatever i'm saying um evil dead rise you i we briefly talked about it last time because i had seen it but now you have seen it you like it more than i do um but i do really like it i think i'm gonna make a claim that is perhaps untrue here so feel free because i'm i'm using a claim against you Oh, okay. I'm going to say, and for free to be like, no, Stephen, you're wrong. I I am the bigger Evil Dead person here, because I would say The Evil Dead is mm, no, I, one of the greatest films ever made. I would not fight you on that. For like, sure. Evil Dead means so much to me. Of those first two movies especially, um, actually, kind of just the first one movie, I... I have, there is a podcast out there of me talking about Evil Dead um, that you can find on the internet. Nasty Pals Evil Dead episode where I go in length with my feelings about Evil Dead. I love it so much. Um, you cut out one scene from that movie and it's the best movie ever yeah, made. Yeah, that's, I mean, um, that's my biggest problem. I haven't watched the original Evil Dead in a long time now, but it is a movie that I really, really like a lot. And that one scene is just like, ugh, this is not... It's It's, 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 it's a right. bad, it's bad scene. It's yeah. Um, that aside, it's it is a perfect just everything I'd want from a film. It's yeah. so imaginative, so brilliant, so cartoonishly, unbelievably gory. Um, I also feel really strongly about it because I, I remember so clearly the first time I watched it. Of I'd heard so much about it, right? Um, and I was back from the holidays of my first semester at university, and we had a back room in our house where I had a small TV where I could just watch films, but that back room had curtains between it then there was the lounge where my parents are my parents did not let me watch um violent movies at all when i was growing up they yeah, are very same. they don't like that stuff at all um my parents have no stomach for it um, and just find it more irreprehensible and i think that's why i like it so much <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah i think that's um, the case for probably a lot of people yeah um and that <clears throat> feeling of me loading it up on the love film streaming service and watching it and being like i should not be watching this house this movie (laughs) is this movie is a lot it was just the most just salacious like forbidden fruit just like wonderfulness to the extent that i watched the second one quite soon after was just like where's all the gorgon guys what is this um it took me a while to reappreciate dead by dawn and be like dead by dawn is still absolutely fantastic because the first time i was just like where's my where's my grand guignol where is (laughs) Whereas the it gets so gory that it becomes stop motion for a while, right? Oh. Uh, I mean, and I yeah, I really, really, and again, I do need to to revisit the first movie, but I I love Evil Dead too. One of my yeah. favorite horror. I've movies. seen it in the cinema twice. <clears throat> um, I saw it on the day of the royal wedding. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, um, which slight coronation thing. So on the royal wedding day, I took my my friend Rob Unwin to go see the Evil Dead, and I was loving it, and I was just like, 
maybe I mispitched this because this film is like I pitched this as it's really fun. I'm like, this film is so much gory than I remember. And like my friend Rob likes a movie, but I'm like, this is Yeah, it's bit, like a bit much. It's fun for and the right like, audience, really but but probably not for everyone, you know. Luckily he really enjoyed it. Okay, good. Like, oh, Thank God. Um But speaking of that, so the Prince Charles Cinema, which you've been to. I have. Um which is a fabulous cinema. Um such a great place and their programming like the actual cinema itself is is fine um right but their their scheduling and programming is, is so goddamn good and it's just a really cool place um now you'd think because it's called the prince charles cinema that they would be a little bit royalist not at all um there is like a, a lineage of that name it means nothing about it um people kept joking you change your name to the king charles cinema now the prince charles cinema posted this weekend a thing which was great of suggestions of things to do on Saturday the day of the coronation of they just posted their slate of movies um, do you want to know one of the movies they chose to play on the day of the king's coronation oh, I would love to know Sarlo oh my god <laughs> so, that's that is fantastic absolutely incredible and they just tweeted and like the tweet was like if you fancy doing anything else um other today <laughs> here are some movies you see at Prince Charles like yeah oh man if I was in London I'd probably yeah, yeah, go see would, I'm sure that was like, a fantastic incredible. crowd that day oh man just all the best people just yeah. watching Zala that day oh. <laughs> that's great that's absolutely that is great. brilliant um, so yeah the Evil Dead Halloween franchise and also about the first three movies each feels evolutionary oh totally and yeah, yeah. completely refreshing and something brand new and brilliant and We'll skip over the, the, the reboot because it's not important for the conversation. Yeah, and we did talk um, about um, 2013 a little bit on the last episode as well, so... It's fine. If you want some more um, thoughts on that, I guess. My problem with Evil Dead Rise, Evil Dead Rises, is it's a very good Evil Dead movie. Okay. To a, to a fault of... Mm. It does it, dare I say, too well, to the point where it's just like... Kind of what's the point of it is a play the hit, so... It does some fun Raimi stuff with the camera, but it feels like an echo as opposed to an original statement. And okay, it does a really good job of proving you can make an Evil Dead movie in an apartment block to the point where it feels pointless. It's in an apartment block. I feel nothing is added to it from it mm. being there because it yeah. is so like... It's like Evil Dead still. I'm like, stop trying to prove that you're Evil Dead and do something different. I think maybe my my argument there would be kind of the <clears throat> excuse me the same feeling that i kind of got from um prey which was yes this is kind of conventional and doesn't do quite enough to be yeah. like an inventive outlier but it also kind of serves as like a a reset for the franchise that can bring people back into it and hopefully, hopefully. sell more movies that can then hopefully be more inventive and creative um, with I, that kind of I, thing, I, which I, is my I hope. I think you're right. Yeah. And there is cool stuff in this film. I really like the characters, um, yeah. surprisingly so. Um, I was brought into its world, and I like... The way the gore's pulled off is not that interesting to me. I don't think it, it does... It's not plastic and cool and expressive. Yeah, I, I can it agree It is cool in theory, I mean, like, but it doesn't look amazing. Yeah, I mean... The, the older movies, and it's just like there's really nothing that even people doing more practical stuff, there's just nothing today that has the same feeling as, as like great yeah. 80s gore practical effects no. stuff. Um, and this does a what, good job. What Brian Yisner um, called plastic reality. But yeah, it, Brian definitely I, I can agree with that. It's not quite as 
as goopy as you would hope. My big criticism, which I've said a few times, is... It needs to kill children. This movie needs to kill children. It just needs to. And it kills some children. I know what you're saying, but they're not children. Like, I mean, I guess, but there's only... The there's... last third of this movie is just like a... Is so devoid of tension because they give two characters protected characteristics. For one of phrase, you're like, well, they're going to be fine because this movie's not going to go there. And if you're not going to go there, then don't do that. If you're not going to kill the mm. pregnant lady and the small child, then don't have pregnant lady and small child. I don't think because for can... thirty minutes I'm like they're going to be fine. Yeah, and I don't think work. I would necessarily even say that the. I think it would have been totally fine if the kid died. Um, and I think maybe even would have landed the point where she more. almost gets decapitated with his chainsaw. And I was like, Matt, if the movie did that, I'd be like, yeah, incredible. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think I agree. I, I do. I really like the movie, and I think I didn't get that like loss of of tension in the third act. I mean, I guess like. You have a good point. Like, if you are looking at it in a certain way, you can kind of see that, like, yeah, these characters are going to make it through. But I think it did such a good job for me of, like, that that slow crank of of the mm. um, constantly, like, raising the stakes and, like, the, the chaos of it. That, like, when it gets into that third act and it's just, like, wild and there's just, like, fountains of blood everywhere. I was just, like, having such a good time with it that, like, that didn't bother me in the slightest. I was having fun the whole time. I think my Evil Dead for maybe unfairly for me just comes with like if you are invoking Evil Dead, you're making Evil Dead movie, it's gotta be something. Um and it's yeah. gotta be something special. So I think I am I am overly critical of films Which, that yeah, use the totally Monaco, Evil Dead. Yeah, like I, I definitely have less of like a intense personal connection to the Evil Dead movie, so I was just like I think from I think the opening scene is great and like I think from opening scene is so like, good that it's one of my favorite like title cards in a while like that title card is so great the, i think the, like immediately i was just like oh rise. i'm gonna have a good time with this and same same like it does and i did very much so it did a surprising thing where it did like the oh and now we're going back to three days ago where i kind of like i rolled my eyes a little bit of like oh this seems like that's kind of an annoying in thing is in the end completely perfunctory but the yeah it didn't really need the... to do that i mean i get it like it's it's trying to show you like the chaos and then it kind of reels it back but i was like yeah it i feel like it could have because done it, it, but... it tom falls you with uh, right we're out in a cabin it, it, it's good as a we're in a cabin we're not in a cabin there's a there's a great shot in that opening scene too where it's like that wide shot of the cabin and like all the trees are like going kind of wrapping around it it's like kind of a fisheye kind of lens that was like really cool i love that shot but the the best thing at the beginning is a meta joke about Evil Dead itself, um, which I absolutely love. The camera stuff, which or is the, the cam- yeah, the camera stuff. The camera stuff is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so there is the so what Raimi did by putting a camera on a stick and running around right. to approximate deadite vision. Yeah. So it does that thing, and so why Evil Dead One is is so brilliant because it's just pure filmic creativity of like yeah. what can we do, and now this film makes it at the beginning being like. You can do all of that yeah. so easily now with drones. And like, what a young independent filmmaker is so much more expressive and open. And having this swooping camera shot that's re- reveal it's an in-universe camera right. and it's a drone. <laughs> that's a that's a very good franchise yeah, self-aware definitely. gag about what, what's going on. And and there is a good thing about that could be a bad decapitation and later using it as a as a weapon. Yeah, is great. Um. What did I tease earlier, Vaughn? What did I tease earlier about an objectionable thing? 
Ooh, yes, you did tease that. I would like to I hear did. what you think it is. Um, I don't actually think it's objectionable, okay. um, but you definitely could find it objectionable. There is a weird bit in this movie where there is a strangely could be read as pro-life bit of a a deadite talks about the soul of an unborn child in a way that's oh yeah I do know what you're talking strange. about yeah I think and I'm like definitely what? would be like a bit of a stretch to like read it that way but I can I can see it's a bit like yeah what it is it is kind it's, of like a yeah do you really need to like invoke that like framing of it i don't really think you do um i think you can get the same feelings without like specific i mean i think you could probably lose the pregnancy plot entirely and that would be fine too but yeah i think so but i it's a shame in a better movie i think you couldn't because the film would do more with its yeah. central theme of motherhood and i mean Oh, what she calls them something which my friend Rhea, um, who saw the movie, loved so much. I think it's like titty sucking parasites. Yeah, that um, sounds and like she, what she said. She messaged me just saying titty sucking parasite. <laughs> um because well she talked she'd seen it before me, she was like, It's really, really fun, you're gonna love it. And I was like, Yeah, I did, I did really enjoy it. And she said there's there's some good one liners in it, there's one that you're really, really gonna love. Um But and then I messaged her with the one liner that I enjoyed the most. <laughs> Let's see if I can find it. Um, okay, my favorite one-liner okay. was, "That's my gun, you cunt." <laughs> they are great. The dialogue is great. I, I yeah, it is. It is um, very. And fun. hers was, "You titty-sucking parasites." Yeah. So that motherhood stuff is is fun, and if it lent into that more, it would bring the pregnancy back into that. But then yeah. it kind of just gets bored of that, and then it's just like, "Hey, there's a wood chipper downstairs," <laughs> which I mean, it, I can't. I can't be mad about the the wood chipper and just like the whole like. And the shunting society like, monster. Yeah, the chimera like thing of all of the all of the family like just mashed together is great. I mean, it feels almost like a little bit too much Demons Two at points, but I also don't mind that, I've and I like Demons this 2. more. You haven't seen Demons Two? Well, Demons Two is no. demons, but in an apartment building, so it's very similar oh. in that way of hmm. demons attacking people in an apartment building. And there's a whole scene yeah. in the in the parking garage too, so the, a lot of parallels there, but. I don't like demons too all that much, and I like Evil Dead. Parallel parking, so <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is it is a it is a very fun movie. Um, I like the it definitely delivers. I think that the it's really good. I want to yeah. absolutely love it, and it's only just me as just snob that goes. I like. I mean, there's, there's stuff in it that I can be very pedantic about. And here's a weird pedantry. There's a bit at the beginning where the kid is doing his DJ mixing stuff and all he's doing is just playing an LCD sound system song and just scratching <laughs> over the top of it. I'm like, but you're just... You're just... Right, not really what DJing it's is, like, but... That's not... I was enjoying it because I love that. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, love this track. I mean, it, and it fits going on here. But what are you doing? Like, you just... That's just that's well, you know, like, I guess when you're a kid, you don't really know. You just kind of want to be a DJ. <laughs> Um, that was fun um, yeah i think what it does like successfully is it it is much more like faithful to at least the the feeling of evil dead i think spirit. like yes we we talked again briefly we talked about evil dead 2013 in the last episode but i think like the biggest which i should go back and rewatch at some point and i, I, and I would like to as well but i think the biggest failing there is that evil dead 2013 is is very very serious and the main theme is addiction it's like all this stuff i mean it's fine it's like that's not 
necessarily a problem you know to do that kind of stuff in a horror movie but it just doesn't fit in you know with with the vibes that you're expecting from evil dead which is much sillier and campier and this movie definitely has strikes that chord a lot better also as an evil dead fanatic it's really weird to me that like a pivotal thing about the creation of evil dead is they were just high most of the time just making it (laughs) and like them sitting around around making a movie right the idea that it's it's such a stoner movie and then going this time it's about addiction i'm like right. that doesn't seem very evil dead of you that seems like yeah, are you no, a cop a good what point. is this um like yeah yeah it's no, the that, wrong that's, franchise that's to do that with. yeah but this does feel um, like a, a very good kind of return to and, and i guess i say return to form but i know a lot of people do like the 2013 movie all a lot, of them so are good i think that yeah. film is still good yeah it's, it's, it's they have a good track record i don't necessarily think that even though i don't love 2013 i, I know that a lot of people do love it and there's perfectly valid reasons to love it it just doesn't feel as in line with what i'm looking for from this franchise and this is much more in that in that vein i'm repeating myself across podcasts i said this on office hours already but you can't jump the shark like they do in army of darkness and then go back from that right this we we should be ash in space now this should this should be absolute madness it should be and yeah that we're just going back to rehashes of evil dead one it's it is depressing to me in a way that in 2023 a film has come out of the cinema that feels less daring less audacious less shocking bar that one scene i think even without that one scene it's a shocking wild movie than a film from the 80s called the evil dead like yeah and i think that's it's kind of a problem in general and i think it's just kind of an audience thing is it's like people have different expectations now and it's like that's kind of why like i wouldn't say bothers me but um just by happenstance we were talking about halloween ends some friends earlier and it's like halloween ends to me is like it's great because it is so devoted to that 80s vibe of just being like ridiculous and schlocky and it's like everyone hates it and it's like but this is what (laughs) this is what i want more of i want more stuff that's just like you know taking wild risks and being ridiculous i don't want stuff that is just safe for the sake of it like and that's kind of the problem is that everything has to be kind of within this certain boundary of, of safe and that you lose a lot with yeah. that. It's, I would not have that experience of taking my friend Rob. If I took Rob to this film, he'd be like, I would not feel guilty at any point. I would right. not feel like, is this too much? I, yeah, there for is sure. That little, there needs to be... And I know that I can be a bit puritanical in my focus and sometimes being like blah, 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 blah. But there needs to be that, like, there is that slight edge of this feels a bit dangerous. Yeah. And Evil Dead Rises is, is never there. It's always a safe kind of extremity. It's always yeah, a I think, within parameters extremity. And as much as I like Evil Dead Rise, I think what I wish, I want more of from it is that the there is the great moment, which is the cheese grater moment. And I wish yes. the cheese grater moment was the whole movie and it's not. And that's like the biggest yeah. criticism that I think I can take with it is like, it is a lot of fun, but I should be like wincing and, you know, struggling with like watching how just how violent yeah. it is. And I wasn't really, and it's like, it's very fun and it's, and it's great, but I wish it had taken itself a few steps further. It's for me, I think it goes back to sort of being inspiration imitation of this film is a lot of fun things of cameras yeah um, oh yeah there absolutely are some, there's some really cool like split the ups of stuff there's some really cool memo camera stuff but all of it very cynically is there 
because the Evil Dead does that. It doesn't right. feel like it's there yeah. for its own raison d'etre. It's like, as opposed to we're doing something bold and imaginative and interesting, it's look, we are being right. creative like that was. And that doesn't work as well for me. Right. You don't want someone to be necessarily just imitating and or taking inspiration from sam raimi you just want someone to be to have the same energy that sam raimi did in yeah, the, or 80s the next and, sam raimi. and right and just be doing their own thing and, and being audacious and creative with it and like i said earlier like my hope would be that this opens the door for something like that because yes. hopefully there is more interest in evil dead and someone can take more risks with it in the future i, I think it's done well i think it's, it's, done... it's done better than 2013 now um it surpassed that, that fine. so so yeah, I think that's hopefully. And word a of good mouth sign. is very strong because yeah. it is very good. It's it's a good Evil Dead movie, but for me, that's not enough. It's it's the Evil Dead. I need it, totally. If it's I think not, that's totally fair. And I and a I hope huge like step forward. I can totally see this being like a very big um, home release as well of like people you know being yeah. able to to show their friends and it kind of be that movie for this year. So hopefully it is a success and we get more Evil Dead. I would always love more yeah, Evil well, Dead. I hope so. But that is the Evil Dead, and that, that is, is our movie yes. today. So. Unless we have more. I think I have one listener email. I do. I have one listener email here. Um, from our friend Slayboss, who has an email and says, I would like some more coverage of DTV garbage so I can add it to my watch list, please. <laughs> um, to which my answer is, I think I watch a lot more of that than Steven does, and I don't watch that yeah. much. Um, so I don't know how much of it we can cover here, also because... As far as new releases go, I don't know how much. I mean, now it's more yeah, just like I, direct to streaming stuff. And I watched Ghosted. I about Ghosted. You know, Ghosted is terrible. I, I don't watch Ghosted. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of like the stuff in that vein nowadays is just like not really worth talking about. It's like stuff gets kind of. I mean, you've got um, David Lowry's Peter Pan as well as a recent direct to streaming. I Emma, Emma will watch that. I'll watch that of Emma. That's yeah, I need to watch that, that as well. Um, so it's like there is stuff, but it's not quite the same as like cool uh 90s dtv action um which there is yeah. there is some great stuff and i i've watched some this year and i actually want to watch more like i watched um the direct-to-video hard target sequel which is genuinely great um with uh scott adkins who we talked about in the um john wick yeah. episode so i've watched some stuff but it's uh it's definitely more of a jack's thing is the the dtv area yeah. um I, I for me, dear listeners, at the moment, for reasons that will become more apparent as as the months go on, but I have so much constraints around what I can do with my time that keeping up with recent cinema releases um, is a lot. Yeah. Um, and then stack seasons are really, really fun, but it means I'm watching... 20 Spike Lee movies. Right. So it's like, which I've I mean, yeah, Spike Lee movies I totally uh, and, admire the commitment there. Seen... But we were talking briefly at the beginning of the episode, like preparing our, our recommendations. And Stephen was like, so I've got a bunch of Spike Lee movies and not I much mean, there's else. Some that were recommended, but then I'm like, but <laughs> you're talking about like, oh, those I can't recommend stacks, a Spike Lee. Right. I can't just be like, I rewatched Inside Man today. And it's, <laughs> it, it, it's still great. I rewatched, she's got to have it. And it, it, it's still great. And Get on the Bus is, a, is an underseen really great Spike Lee movie but it's been covered elsewhere um, so yeah I've, I've not been watching it and I am trying to keep up with art forms I'm trying to read more I am yeah. trying to play my video games and it's 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 hard to time hey, is very you know limited what? yeah 
I'm not going to watch DTV stuff because I'm too busy playing goddamn Redfall. Right? <laughs> I've got a lot, I've got a lot and, of Redfall. Yeah, I mean, to it's play. not like I, I think I have plenty of time for DTV stuff, and I have watched some of it this year. It's just like I I tend to kind of on a day to day basis kind of shift around what my plans are for watching things and and what yeah. I want to watch. I just kind of go with whatever it feels right in the in the in the exact second. Um, so usually even if I get on a DTV kick, it's like I'll watch a couple and then I'll end up moving on in a couple of days. Um, so probably any DTV stuff I've seen, you might have seen as well. But, um, if you haven't seen Hard Target 2, watch, probably watch Hard Target. I've Make sure seen you've seen Hard that. Hard Target 1. Oh, really, I love Hard Target. And Hard Target 2. Yeah. Both recommend both of them. So, so there you I go. Just, I get annoyed at the moment. Here's just me complaining about... Huddersfield Odeon. So this is the okay. most narrow casting ever. Huddersfield Odeon. I mean, sure. Yes. Did I did I go to several times as a child? Yes, I did because my 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 grandma lived near here where I now live, so we went there. Um, and I'll tell you some stories about Huddersfield Odeon off mic at some point because I've I've got some stories for you, okay. but I don't want, I don't I don't want to tell on that podcast. Um, okay, makes sense. But but it sucks. You're a bad cinema um, because you show trailers of films that you don't oh, even that's show. that's the worst, yeah. And that's so goddamn annoying. I'm like, I'd love to see After Sun. Oh, you're just not playing it. Oh, you just showed me the trailer all the time. Oh, yeah. this Tar trailer's brilliant. Oh, you're just not going to show Tar. And then two months later, you'll show Tar at like 11am once a week. Polite Society came out last Friday. I could not go to the cinema until this Friday. I just didn't have time. Right. And because Guardians came out, I could only see Guardians. Wow, they were I only didn't... showing one movie? Pretty much, I mean, they were showing other things as well, but Polite Society had been kicked out right. because they were showing Guardians every half hour. So they're still showing Mario and they're still showing yeah. a couple of other things. Yeah, that's a struggle. I mean, I, I don't necessarily, I don't typically have too many problems with my, my local, local theater, but I do have that same thing of like, and I'm sure it's, you know, not the theater's decision in any way whatsoever, but it's like you get trailers for stuff. And like I had trailers for Ennis Main and um, How to Blow Up a Pipeline that oh, wow. definitely did not play at that theater. And I had to go all the way downtown for Ennis, Maine, and then I ended up, like, two weeks after the movie came out, had to go further north to another theater to see yeah. Pipeline. And it's tough, because, yeah, when you... I would I would always hope that when I see a trailer that I could see it at that theater, but it's like, yeah, probably it won't, and then maybe if it gets awards buzz, then it'll come back into the theater next year, but... Yeah. 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 It's so a struggle. Like, that's my... Because, I mean, obviously, I... I I just wanted to go to cinema on Friday, so that, that is that is why I went to see Guns Guys Volume Three, and surprisingly, yes, did not like it. I was never going to, um, but yeah, play that's... more movies in the goddamn cinema. Yeah, it's the tough thing because, like, I mean, obviously, like we just said, like we have limited time. You run out of time. I don't have, you know, I don't have the time to to drive all over the place to to the different theaters in my area so that I can see everything I want to, which makes it really difficult. It's like I want to just be able to go yeah, to the theater I... that's closest to me, but. I missed that Mia Hansen Luva film, which I really wanted to see because I, I think she's a really interesting oh, yeah. director. I mean, she had a new a new film out, and I could not see it because yeah. So, here is where I complain about regional programming. I think that's so maybe available at home now. So yeah, hopefully now, but... I should see it. It looks it looks really good. It looks really really good. Well, um, so that was all of our emails for this week. As mm-hmm. always, if you have any comments or questions or just want to say hi, whatever it may be. Please send us an email at thinkingofspoiling at gmail.com and we will talk to you on the show. Whenever whenever you send us in, we'll, we'll cover it on the next episode. Um, so, Stephen, what do you have to recommend this week? 
here is what I have to recommend. All right. Um, you did warn me is, this is a three-star movie, so... No, no, I decided to go for not a three-star oh, movie. Oh, we've changed. Um, All right. So, th- well, the three-star recommend I will go for, I will just throw in quickly of... A lot of films come out on Netflix, so therefore get forgotten. There is a 2018 Netflix original film called Joy, um, which isn't great, but is, is worth watching. Um, it is a very upsetting look at... Um, how Nigerian citizens, um, Nigerian young Nigerian women, um, occasionally not even women, just old older girls, um, go to Austria to to work as sex workers in order to send oh, money God. back to to their families. Right. Um, it's an unflinching but not a great film. Look at mm, that. Okay. It doesn't find a good way to be a film, right. as in like a, a cinematic narrative. But as a hard stare at that topic. I think it is good. Just like um, important so joy, that exists kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's cool. It just doesn't cinematize it. In the, right. Cinema can bring more to something rather than just reflecting something. It is just reflection. But what I'm going to recommend is two episodes ago, I recommended the first in Bill Douglas's trilogy. Since then, I've watched the second in Bill Douglas's okay. trilogy. So... I recommended my childhood last time. Now I've seen My Ain Folk. And My Ain Folk, similarly brilliant. So this 1970s, just British social deprivation movie. Okay, yeah. So it's a bit longer. It's he, kids a bit older. Um, I wrote a bit about it in Letterboxd. Um, easy to dismiss as misery porn. Um, oh, okay. It is miserable. Yeah. It is definitely miserable. But isn't that because it is so cinematically well put together and because it just it feels like hard stare at topic but does make it cinematic. Um my weirdest comparison is it's a little bit lynchy. So there is a Interesting. He has conversations this kid because parents aren't aren't in the picture. Um is with these older people, I think one's a grandmother and the grandmother and the grandfather are weird and have weird conversations and Bill Douglas likes to just... It's a lot of static frames, static frame, static frame and it just captures that everyday old people say strange stuff yeah. and are weird and unsettling. It, it uses surreality to remind you that everyday experiences are surreal, are yeah, strange yeah. and are quite uncomfortable in that way. So it does... It, it reminded me of the dinner scene from a razorhead okay, um, yeah, yeah. in a way that I really, really enjoy, but it's just like, yeah, just some people are just weird and say weird yeah, things. That's say probably my favorite scene dinner. in that movie. It's um, just so great. <laughs> so, so it, it has the clarity of stark British realism has the, the poetry of images, but also just gets into Life's a bit surreal and strange sometimes, and they're really, really good. I'll watch the third one. Yeah. I'm probably recommending that next time. So, um, this book looks really great. Just great British cinema. Just yeah, it's grim up north. Cool. Yeah, there you go. Um, you got like a streak going of recommending two movies on, on all these. I got to get on to. Yeah, yeah. I got to yeah, start it's, recommending it's... two things, but I'm just going to recommend one yeah. uh, today. So, um, as it is now May, um, maybe not when you're listening to this, but when I am recording this, I mean, when it comes out, it'll still be May, but, you know, anyone could be listening to it at any time. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe so, it's May 2030 when you're listening. It <laughs> could be. Um, but as it is May, I have been uh, enjoying the experiences of anime. anime. 
Um, oh. Yes. What? What did you say? Elaine May. Oh, no. Unfortunately, I have not been watching any Elaine You've May. Have you seen Ishtar? Um, I need to watch Ishtar so I can listen to your podcast. Um, Ishtar's really good. But I've been watching your lot. You'd love Ishtar. Um, I bet I would. It seems like everyone that has been watching it recently has been getting a lot out of it. So I gotta, mm, I gotta great. join the the party. Um, but anime, I've been watching Best a lot of. of <laughs> damn it, Steven! <laughs> keep interrupting me. Try to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I've been trying to watch. Well, not really specifically trying, but I've been watching a lot of just because it tends to be. Um, my shit i've been watching not a trying lot of... just accidentally <laughs> just like oh no oh no there's a totoro here it's just where i where i end up i end up watching i've been watching a lot of of 80s anime specifically just because cool. it is such a great era for it um and so this weekend i watched uh royal space force the wings of Hanyamis. i saw that you watched that and Which... i was like you clearly loved it but i was like what is this yeah it's i i only heard about it somewhat recently so it is um it is a very early gainax film so they are most famous obviously for evangelion um the studio and so anno did some work on this i believe um, is that why baymax is called baymax i doubt it but maybe <laughs> it's possible i guess um so this is directed by Hiroyuki Yamaga, um, who is most well known for uh, the Gurren Lagann series, but of course, he also everyone knows that. <laughs> well, I assume the anime exactly fans. What that but... is as well. Everyone knows exactly what those words that you said were and could repeat them. Um, but I also very well known for the um, the Daikon three and four opening animations. Which yeah, are like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Four, got it. <laughs> very important animations um, in anime Dai history, Katana. Um, and those were like John Romero's gonna make you his bitch. Got it. <laughs> I'm just gonna try and keep going through this so I don't keep losing my my train of thought. Um, but those were like these these very creative and um, inventive pieces of animation that were kind of like fan mashup kind of things um, as an as opening animations for this huge. Um, like expo kind of thing the tiktoks of their time so then this was his his, <laughs> his first feature film um and i think at the time it was the the most expensive animated film to be produced um in japan now that's avatar 2 okay in japan okay fine. in japan yeah um and then I, this was I a year was before, this was a year before um akira which i think then obviously took that mantle from it um but this film is it's not what I expected at all. I was expecting kind of a like action, like an action film that was kind of like planes and space and and kind of a a sci-fi adventure kind of thing. But it is instead, it's kind of like an anime version of the right stuff in a way. Um, so it's about what? this. It's it's kind of like an what's that? What? <laughs> Why are you confused? continue but what <laughs> listen it makes sense um so it's it's kind of it's this fictional country that is like industrializing and and wants to move into space and so the protagonist of the film um is in the the space force which now in retrospect is funny um but at the time was not um he joins <sighs> the, he joins the space force because he doesn't want to join uh, the the army and the space force um at the beginning of the film is kind of like mocked as like this section of the government that doesn't really get anything done but they 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 decide that they want to finally get up into space and and to make that progress and he wanting to um 
he's kind of like this aimless character and wanting to impress a, a woman that he has fallen in love with. He decides to become the first astronaut. And well, senpai to notice him. Yeah, exactly. Um, See, so then I know anime. It is mostly like this very... It's 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 such like it's basically all like world building, but it's very very like beautiful world building. I mean, the animation is beautiful, and it is just such an eloquently put together like piece of of world building where you get a real sense of the space and and the country that they live in. And it's this very slow development of him learning to become an astronaut and then like developing the the rocket and the technology for it. And then eventually, you've got like other countries start to learn that they're trying to get into space and then it kind of becomes like this space race kind of thing of other people trying to to sabotage and stop them and i mean i was really loving it the whole time it's got a beautiful score that's composed by um Ryuichi sakamoto which i did not expect Ooh. going into it and then i was like this is amazing oh, um yeah. but yeah and then it's so i was i was really loving it and then it turns into there's like almost a kind of like 2001 style sequence that kind of like is like this retrospective like look at like all of humanity's progress and existence and so like the end of babylon kind like almost um but yeah it just became like this really beautiful look at like all of of mankind's progress and um like trials and tribulations and struggles and pains and and kind of the beauty that comes along with that and then i was just like i kind of fell in love with that in that moment um i will say there's like it's so unfortunate because there's one scene kind of in a weird way to compare it to the evil dead there is like one scene that is just like nope this shouldn't be in the movie but it's very brief and it's just kind of like it almost ruins it and i'm just like oh this is not good is it about the spanish inquisition no it's not about the spanish inquisition um but um I digress. This is a, a very beautiful film. If you are interested in, in participating in anime or just want to check out some cool 80s anime. I am, I am not well. interested in pursuing anime. <laughs> I am interested in watching well, good movies. You should, you should yeah. definitely watch this. It is a very beautiful film. So highly recommend mm-hmm. Royal Space Force, The Wings of Hany Mies. Check that out. Underseen, I think. Hard to Because the name is quite hard to remember. I, you know what it is. I can totally understand that. But I'm a bit of a uh, anime boy now. I mean, a bit of a manga. I read that old boy manga. So yeah, you did. Pretty... You did read the whole old boy manga. Yeah, mm. it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. I don't think I've heard too many piece, people that I really think. love that manga. So seems like it's just not one. great. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. Movie's good though. Movie's good. Movie's great. One of the movies both is great. Mov- both movies better than the manga. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Well, Stephen, do you want to talk about what is going on with the Stacks at the moment? What do you got coming up? Yes, so Stacks, there's an Office Hours out now where you can hear my take on the video game Star Wars Jedi, colon, Survivor, which is the dumbest name for a video game. <laughs> really goddamn good game, though. I, I devoured that in a weekend. Um, so talk about that and other things. Um, more Evil Dead Rise conversation on there. Um, so on the Stacks, you're going to hear about Elaine May. You're going to hear about Warren Beatty, um, all the films of both, and then you're going to hear about all of the films of Spike Lee, including an episode we recorded um, talking about The Sweet Blood of Jesus, which absolutely goddamn sucks. <laughs> the episode's good, um, the film's terrible. Um, and Old Boy, um, which is not good. Um, <laughs> and 
Jack and I recorded an episode about Do the Right Thing, a film Jack had not seen Very for that. until that podcast. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting, in-depth conversation about one of the pivotal, most important works of contemporary American cinema. Um, what an absolutely exceptional film. Uh, we talk a lot about it. We link a lot of stuff. I think it's a great conversation. And then there will be a podcast covering every single Spike Lee feature film and wow. some of his yeah. extra stuff as well. That is... That's a lot. How many? Do you know how many it is total off the top of your head? I will tell you how many of his films I have seen. So okay. This is the ones that I'll talk about, though I might not mention the the short films in it. So have you so gotten through I, all of them now? Yeah, and the last one was I gave one star to, so I saved that one till last, okay. I guess. <laughs> so I have seen thirty two oh, wow. yeah. Spike Lee projects. So they will be talked about. Um, maybe Exciting. not all of them because some of them are just like two minute shorts and one of them is a Nike advert but you know and if you want to listen to the most recent episode of Office Hours I make a sweet appearance um, you do <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't actually had a chance to listen to it yet um, but I need to I need to see how that I sounded that was edited I guess. out <laughs> still don't really yeah. know what happened there but I guess I'll find out well, when I listen Jack had, his plan is Jack had to had a weird recording snafu where his mic messed up so he dropped out the call for a bit and just came up saying like start a game or invite a friend to this call and I was like I'll invite my friend Vaughn why not so I did yeah Vaughn joined about half an hour late I was at work and I just was was I didn't have much going on and I happened to check my phone I hadn't in a while I just had a message from Steven that was like want to join this voice call and I was like that's weird did you have your headphones in? Did you hear what was going on? I think I had my headphones in, but I didn't realize that I had been away from using them for long enough that it had disconnected. So my headphone was in my ear, but it wasn't turned on and connected to my phone. So I, I just joined the call to see what was happening, and I didn't realize that I was joining a podcast in progress. <laughs> and so I just... It, my, I, my phone just comes up with Steven and Jack like talking to each other and I'm like what is going on and I didn't hear anything in my ear and then I realized it was coming out of my phone and I was just like I'm just gonna leave this I don't know yeah. what's happening we're just discussing Andor in the corner and you're like I've not seen Andor but oh yeah. you're talking about Andor okay at least Probably. I didn't interrupt anything to uh I, I would have been more embarrassed if I had interrupted the do the right thing podcast probably mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> so you can I don't even what know how that before? sounded for you have you seen Andor I haven't seen it. I won't watch Andor. I'll just tell you that right now. Oh, no, now. please, please, please. No, no, genuinely, genuinely watch it. It's you not that I don't really, want really like to. It. I just won't. And I just, I have to, <laughs> I have to be no, no, honest you, with people because people, should. people you like should. to recommend me TV shows and I just, I know that no, no, I won't no. get to it. No, it's, it's, it's in three episode arcs, so you can watch it as, as four movies. I mean, that's a way to sell it, but the there chances that the I will sec- get to it the are second so tiny. Arc, the second arc would be one of the best Star Wars films. Well, that is that is a selling point. And I, it's not that I really do want to watch it because I've heard so many great things about Andor. It's but so good. I just I, so yeah, good. I have a hard time watching. Even I have so many like miniseries that are probably movie length, and I just like I never watch them. I don't know what it is, but Andor is so. I, don't don't be like me. Don't sleep in Andor. Andor. <laughs> Stephen finally watched it, and he was like, "Why did nobody tell me about this?" And everyone was like, "Everyone told you about this." Everyone's <laughs> like, "Stephen, this is your thing." I'm like, "Shut up, leave me alone." <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so good. 
Well, there you go. That is another another episode in the books. Uh, I don't really have anything in particular. No, well, uh, the oh, dark days are over. I have no idea when it will be coming out, but I did appear on uh, the Stacks uh, Dungeons and Pigs, uh, our little Dungeons and Dragons oh, yeah, project. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, when Stephen will, will be putting be that thing. out. But, um, yeah, that will come out at some point. Yeah. Uh, um, once that comes out, please check that out. We had a lot of fun playing Dungeons and Dragons yeah, we did. And, uh, <laughs> and recording it. So <laughs> hopefully that people players have fun that, listening to it too. Players that like to goof around. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what you want. So yeah, if you want to listen to a bunch of people being like can steven react to this i'm like not really but let's go <laughs> just roll steven trying to roll with it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah good 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 fun times well then i think that is everything we have for this week we'll be back in two weeks with another episode about whatever we've happened to have seen at the time <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what's coming up um i don't know either i don't i mean i've got um this next week is sif for me so uh, I've got a lot of movies I mean, that Zelda nobody else will isn't be seeing. Film. Uh, that is correct. Zelda is not a film. Um, so that, that ruins that plan. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see. Um, we'll have to figure something out I mean, for for what will be next. Could, but I'm sure there will be something could, to talk could, about. Could we, could we just talk about Zelda anyway? Could we just just sure? We can talk about. <laughs> look forward to our next episode where we spoil so tears, tears of the kingdom. Of the kingdom. <laughs> A game will definitely be done with in two weeks. Yeah, done. Like, well, man, I'm pretty sure. Um, I nuts and bolts my way to finishing it, and then bam. Yeah. Um, well, then we will see you all in two weeks for whatever video game or movie we'll be talking about. <laughs> Spider Verse is out soon. What's that? Spider Verse is out soon. I think that's in June. Or is that at the end that's of the soon? Month? I well, I mean, it is soon, but it's not the next that's episode. Soon. That's all I was saying. No, no I don't know. What, yeah. I, Maybe we'll want. I don't know. I don't know. Should we do Renfield again? Let's not do Renfield again. I definitely not. We'll find something. The unlike- There's always something. The unlikely pilgrimage of Harold Fry. We haven't run out of ideas yet. What are you talking about? The unlikely <laughs> pilgrimage of Harold Fry. Is that a movie? I don't even. You're, if there's yes, a reference, that is there, a movie. I'm, that's a movie. That's a movie that's out. In the, I could go see that in the cinema today. I'm gonna guess that not I can't today. go see that in the cinema today. It's Bing just it. my. Bing it right now. Bing it right now. This podcast is never going to end. What did you call it? The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Howard Fry. Oh, there it is. Thank you. 2023. I don't think yep. there's any way I can I can see this. Oh, Jim Broadbent. Right, okay. Yeah. I have no Based idea on a book of prize winning. It's classic, this title works for a book, but not for a film vibes. Yeah, that makes sense. I like the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Pie Society. Well, I'm not finding anything on how to see this movie. I'm going to guess that I can't see it near me anytime soon, and I don't know if I want to spend a ton of time trying to figure out how I can see it since the podcast should be over anyway. <laughs> I also don't really want to see it. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be. Don't expect that to be the next episode, Harold Fry fans. <laughs> Who are all listening to this, I'm sure. Yeah. All okay, right, well, Renfield again. Renfield again in two weeks. But yeah. for now, Stephen, I'm this thinking of ending Calvin. this podcast. Yeah, probably wise. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>